morning we're so glad you can be with us today last week i mentioned that i just wanted to highlight a few books and uh, last week i specifically looked at some of the ones that are good for kids and then i mentioned that this week i was going to mention some good vineyard ones we've always longed to gather a people on a mission we don't just want to gather a crowd of people we want to be on a mission and with purpose and so vision and values are crucial on the um i think it's the 28th of february steph and i are just going to be sharing a bit of a dna night some of who we are what we're about how can you be more part of that and we'd love to invite you to it um it'll be online if we'd have been in person we'd have probably called it something like pudding and purpose but you might have to bring the pudding but we'd love just to share with you some of who we are as a church within the context of the vineyard family the more we get it the more we can live it and so if you haven't been to one of those yet i'd encourage you to be there we need people to be in their place ready for all that's ahead now um this this could be a bit intense just sharing some of these books i realized actually i couldn't share all of them because i've got too many um but for me personally i drank some of this literally like just absorbed some of it the input whilst i was at uni and i want to say to you maybe just pick one or two think about could you read one or two um invest in yourself for what's ahead you know the bible says love the lord your god with all your heart or your soul or your mind and all your strength we we want to love him with our minds we need to engage our minds um in the things of god so don't feel pressure um, there are seasons of life where you might read more you might read less uh, particularly around having little kids it can it can be really quite a challenge you might find even the season we're in now is actually a hard time but I'd say treat it almost like the couch to 5k and that you might build up to running um, I want to say build up to what you're reading and so um, some of this might be helpful for you just the first few I want to say are, are vineyard authors um, Alan Scott brilliant guy uh, wrote a book called Scattered Servants um, outstanding book sharing your faith um this book called 42 seconds by cole madeiris again another guy in the vineyard really practical really simple easy read um a guy called jay pafak wrote a book called the art of neighboring again just relevantly practically sharing your faith he's a fantastic guy as well um live like jesus by a guy called putty putman outstanding book just getting more yourself into jesus and learning how to to walk out what we believe there's a book called um hello holy spirit by diane lehman again a great book all about the holy spirit it's kind of obvious but thought i'd mention it reckless mercy by cole turtle cole was around in the very early days of the vineyard and went through a painful journey uh, of living away from jesus and then came back to him that really is a great read and well worth your time and then um putting jesus on display brian blout you may have heard of him he spoke a couple of years ago at the vineyard leaders conference but again well worth um, your time that one's practically living your faith out power evangelism stepping into the prophetic and some of that um now these are a bit more intense if you really want to dig into who who we are as a movement and how do we bring that to bear what has god put on us what is some of our theology i would say just understanding the journey understanding where we came from and how we came to be the people that we are um book about john wimber by carol wimber once he'd passed away um the the way it was and it really is it's not the easiest read but it gives you an understanding this one would go in a bit 
even further the quest for the radical middle particularly if you're trying to understand the journey we've had with the prophetic um that's a great read it's not a light read and it's not a particularly fun read but it's it's good um a really light read book called vineyard values just again in a nutshell who we are why we are the way we are there's another version of that that came out from the guys in the states a different angle but great read if you're trying to unpick the theology of the vineyard how we've understood the kingdom of god and the lens through which we viewed that and where that's come from how that sits in the context of all the other denominations but not just who we were but who we are becoming what we're stepping into now um, i'd say this book live in the future douglas erickson not a light read quite heavy but really really good um, new to faith trying to understand why do we think what we think how do i discover what it is to be a follower of jesus book called start here don williams he's not a light reader it's not like a holiday well it might be a holiday read depending on what you do on holiday but it is worth your time um empowered evangelicals by rich nathan again just sits the vineyard in the context of other movements how it is that we seek to live out our faith he also wrote a book called um both and and we've talked a lot about being people that hold the tension and this this is one of those how do we straddle both sides how do we um I won't go into it, it's too much detail. Who's My Enemy, again by Rich Nathan. We're, we're in a time where we're coming into conflict for our faith. People are like, you can't believe that. Great book, covers some of those topics and issues. Bit heavier, um, Derek Morphew, Demonstrating the Kingdom, just give you some of the, again, the background to the theology of um, the Kingdom of God. Probably goes in even deeper from Derek because that's the kind of guy he is, the Kingdom Reformation. Um, it's a good one and then he also wrote one called Breakthrough which you don't have to read them in order but it's another stepping stone towards it. Um, some of you will have heard uh, Alexander Ventor speaking at the uh, Vineyard National Conference. He did doing spirituality, he did doing healing, uh, he did doing reconciliation, he did another one called uh, doing church. All of those just you can you can walk out your own healing you can find pathways and steps to step into healing and recollate uh, reconciliation stepping into your own spiritual formation all of them are brilliant reads um if you if you want to the, these are solid um just understanding some practical life principles never trust a leader without a limp written on written on the back of some of the Wisdom that John Wimber brought in a season and time that changed many people's lives. Um, Come Holy Spirit by David Pitches again picks up a similar theme. Really, you know, like things like uh, discernment, deliverance, speaking in tongues, all those kind of things just chapter by chapter would give you a great basis for understanding them. Uh, the wisdom of Wimber, a guy who spent time with him, hung out with him, has just picked out some of the key themes and key threads of his life and gifts and the holy spirit again um just picking up some of the teaching that wimber gave as a gift to the church on that now if all of that is over your head and you're like can i just have a holiday read i just want to submit a bit lighter i'd say the way in is the way on and everybody gets to play again just some of the basic teaching of the vineyard now can i just say because some of you are like hold on a minute you've just vineyarded me um i want to say we're just part of the stew 
you know we're not a particularly attractive part of that stew some would say we're just a turnip in a stew or in a soup or whatever it might be we're not trying to say we're the best we're not trying to say we're impressive we're really not but we have to be us and we have to be the part that we believe God has called us to be. And we have to step into that intentionally. So understanding that context, investing in our own roots and our own discipleship is really important. And I'm in, on no commission. I wouldn't recommend any bookstore to get them from, but I would recommend reading one or two of them. Right. How's that? Are you still with me? Um, today, I just want to finish a series that I've been calling Anchored. We could go on with this series forever and a day because it's a topic where there is so much to it and we want to press in. But equally, my aim is never to give you the meal, but the menu and some of the ingredients to cook for yourselves. Does that make sense? I just want to stir you to press into Jesus for yourselves. There's no shortcuts to discipleship. We've got to grab hold of a relationship with the Father and a desire to understand him and fall more in love with him for ourselves, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and all of our strength. That's the people that we want to be. So I said throughout this series that there are behaviours and disciplines that will help us invest in those roots of our, um, of our core discipleship. So some of them are inward, some of them are outward, some of them are corporate. I want to just look again today at another one um, that is outward. And I've got to say, I'm kind of like, oh man, this one is not light. Um, it would cause many in our culture to run a mile, but it's the discipline of submission. You know, so often our natural tendency in our own flesh is to seek not to have boundaries or parameters, to be in control of our own decisions and to consistently seek freedom from any form of constraint. You know, when I used to be involved in youth work on a few placements that I did, I used to work with some really troubled young people. Much of their lives they had no boundaries or restraints. And so... Um, Actually, there was there was times and places where we're in where there's there's guns and knives and all sorts of things like that we would be interacting with and it was really quite an interesting environment but do you know what the the, the funny thing was they absolutely thrived when they were given boundaries i mean i can't think of a better word for it but basically rules and it's kind of no different with children. Where there's no boundaries, often they don't thrive. Left to our own thinking and our own devices, things don't go well. I, I have a remarkable gift, and I'm known for it in our house, of absolutely screwing up the washing. I cannot tell you, well, we haven't got time for me to begin to tell you, the amount of things that I've shrunk or put the wrong colour in with, and something's bled into something else. I've, I've seen whole wash loads turn red or blue or grey. I've done it so many times that I think I could actually be paid for it as a key competence. Now, obviously, it's never been a popular thing to do in our house, for me to do that. I think even the guinea pigs at times have turned on me for it. Try and convince your children that their favourite clothes that were bought for them by a grandparent or a f some family member that used to be nice and light blue and now has a few shades of red in it is a good thing or it's like the new tie-dye it's it's an uphill battle you know but i i know 
there are products out there before people say, oh, you can get things like Colour Catcher and all of that. Yeah, but they haven't spared me the depths of some of the clangers that I've landed on them. But there is nothing more energy sapping, I would say, than, than buying something and then having to buy it again because basically you've destroyed it. But, you know, here's, here's the thing. We're all capable of silly things and we're all capable of repeated silly things and I guess silly things is a bit of a polite way of saying that at the heart of sin is spiritual destruction and it has an impact on our spiritual physical and emotional lives recently a vineyard church in America transitioned its leadership um, because the guy who led the church was retiring and the guy who leads the church as part of that transition gave a talk and the words had well some of it had such wisdom that I just want to share it with you he said this the older I get the more confident I am in my own lack of moral virtue apart from the grace of God I have the fatal disease of sin and so do you Eric and Julia, these are the guys who were taking it on. He says, because of that, we who assume the role of senior pastor have to make intentional choices about limiting ourselves and limiting our power. There's only one person in all of human history who can be entrusted within limited power, and that is Jesus. The rest of us need limits on our power. So Eric and Julia, the guys taking it on, voluntarily choose to limit your power. Choose to limit what you receive financially, limit what you would buy and what you would own and what you would drive. Be model givers in this church. Give more than a tithe. Put limits on your own appetites and boundaries and on your relationships. Limit how you make decisions and give away power, real power, to other people and to other teams. And by way of reminder, not because you don't know this because you do, but I want to under, underline, never become a celebrity. It's not hard to become a celebrity in a mega church, but reject celebrity status at every turn. We live in a culture that puts way more value on the individual than on the institution. But Erica and Julia, the people of God, are way bigger than any single person. The church is always more important than any of its leaders. It's a phenomenal talk. It's worth listening to. So rich with wisdom and obviously he's talking to them in their role as the leaders or the incoming leaders of that church but I'd say that wisdom applies to all of us. What joy we can find in our ability to lay down the terrible burden of always being right or always thinking that we're right. What a wound it is to see that so often currently in so much of society. We get so caught up in the need for something to be as, as, as they say or as they want it to be. You know, most things are not as important as often we think they are, but the drive for them can affect our spiritual balance. Most relationships divide. Many times the enemy gets in and gets a foothold because... We can hold out for something to be the way that we've decided that it needs to be. I don't know if, you, if you've ever done that. I dare say many of us would have done that. And actually, 
I, if I'm honest, I think most of us have done it. But through the act and the practice and the discipline of submission, we allow this to come to a healthy place where it doesn't control us or leave us unguarded. I love it because I believe it's so liberating. You know, I co-labor with Steph. She regularly speaks into my life. Sometimes I can be an absolute right muppet, you know? In those moments, you've got to find the quick way out. I don't mean bury it or hide it. I mean to say I'm, I'm sorry, you know? I mean for her to be able to say stuff to me without me being grumpy, grumpy or prickly. For me to know that Yes, she's my greatest champion, but also she sees closest the mirror of my frailties. For us to be able to say sorry to our children when needed, you know, we don't always get it right. It's not always using the, the excuse of, oh, they've, they've misunderstood, you know, I meant well. No, I was, I was wrong. And when I've spoken wrongly or acted wrongly or had the wrong attitude, I want to say sorry. We're also, um, you'll know this because I tell you, and I believe it's important to tell you regularly, but we're overseen by area and regional leaders in our role of leading the church. We also lead the church in team. We've got to be people that keep short accounts. Do we make it easy for those that lead us to lead us and oversee us? We've got trustees. We intentionally limit our decisions and our influence. We've got many people who speak into our lives and we regularly ask them to do so and share openly and honestly and vulnerably with them. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. We don't want to end up in spaces and places where we do things or we act in ways towards decisions or people that aren't healthy. Now, I know I'm talking about me because it's easier to do so than maybe for you to swallow, but actually I want to apply it to you. You know, in a world and a society that craves power and influence and hierarchy and status to be the top of the decision-making tree, we want to be people that seek the opposite. We have to be so careful not to say, oh, well, I, I don't mind, you know, like, actually, often we do mind and we do care. And we've, we, we've got to get our stubborn will out of the way. We've got to limit our own environments for our bad behaviour to allow the maximum space for the freedom of the spirit to be evident in our lives. And actually, it's incredibly liberating and freeing for us. Sometimes it's also, let's be honest, it's really hard too. 1 Peter 2.18 says this, You who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they're kind and reasonable, but even if they're cruel. For God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. Now, the context of this is that those guys were often household slaves. Not everybody who oversees you is easy to be overseen by. Does that make sense? It's just the reality of life. Peter, in those moments, encouraged loyalty and perseverance, even in the face of unjust and unfair treatment. Now, of course, we've got to be wise. I'm not saying abuse or harassment is okay. 
I, I know I'm probably now slightly straying beyond the heart of what I wanted to share today, but just for the sake of clarity, I think it's important that I really stress that. The limit of submission is the point at which it's destructive. You know, the concept of what I'm talking about and trying to drive at today should be a healthy, freeing and biblically sane and whole thing. Acts 16.37 says, But Paul replied, They have publicly beaten us without trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly. Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. You know, when Paul saw that the state was failing to fulfil its God-ordained function of providing justice for all, he called it to account and insisted that the wrong be righted. You know, my use of my term and my understanding of healthy biblical submission is not abusive, it's not power controlling dynamics that bring harm and destruction, far from it. And I hope you know and you hear that, but I just wanted to be absolutely clear because we have to be careful that even where people can start out with the right heart and intention, it can become corrupted. Hence, even more so, we have to limit ourselves for the greater good of others. There is power in healthy submission. You know, if you're being treated harshly by an employer, if you're the conditions that you're working under you believe are not right or not as they should be, that passage says God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. You know, that principle is far and wide reaching. Steph and I have always tried to adopt a posture of serving the leader in front of us. If we're in a small group, we're going to honour, we're going to speak well of, we're going to serve, we're going to commit to, we're going to seek to encourage that leader. We're going to find ways to try and lighten their load. We're going to seek ways to try and advance the missional mandate that they're carrying. You know, when we've changed our roles and the oversight that we have, we've just adopted the same principle regardless of the context. But it can be easy to submit without the spirit of submission. Submitting and following, that is nothing more than lip service. We've got to call that out and be wary of that, where we're outwardly saying and doing one thing, but inwardly we're far from that place. When we submit, we show value. The plans and the dreams, the hopes and the spiritual fullness of others become the things that are important to us. We give up our rights for the sake of others. We love others before ourselves. It becomes unconditional and we love others regardless of what they do with it or whether or not they can repay it. We love those who aren't able to give it back. Our plans matter less, their plans matter more. I'm not talking about being a doormat, but I'm talking about holding in high regard the biblical principles. Things like we see in Mark 8, Jesus said this, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follow follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try and hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. 
so important so important self self denial is not an easy thing to live out i mean it sounds wonderful i would say for those of you that heard me share about this before i love mini eggs and we're we're, we're in mini egg season at the moment you know they, they seem to be bombarding me left right and center and i'm aware of the challenge of of not just having what i want when i want it there's a there's a there's a healthy denial of things that we could have the thing with self-denial is sometimes we actually make it sound horrendous we make it sound like we're beating ourselves into submission but actually it can be and it should be a joy it's a way of coming to a healthy understanding that we don't have to have our own way it invests trust and it places trust in others our happiness is not dependent on getting what we want it shows our trust for and our love for and our faith in Jesus did Peter lose his identity when Jesus asked him to follow him in John 21 no he gained it did Paul lose his identity when he committed himself to follow Jesus through what the Lord had said to Ananias in Acts 9 when he said I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake no he gained his identity through doing it because submission is a heart posture we're commanded to live and follow the way of Jesus and the way that he lived submission releases and it relates to authority spiritual authority is God ordained and God sustained some of the reasons people misuse it is because their roots I, I would say one of the reasons is because their roots are just not deep enough so they out of frustration they misuse their supposed um, authority they think more of themselves than they ought Paul said in 1 Corinthians 8 he said but while knowledge makes us feel important it is love that strengthens the church people use knowledge as a platform for significance they can use wealth they can use personality they can use education they can use career people use all sorts of gimmicks to help them mask their brokenness and to manipulate others and I, I believe Romans 12 verse 3 really speaks into this it says because of the privilege and the authority God has given me I give each of you this warning don't think of yourselves better than you really are be honest of your in your evaluation of yourselves measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us just as one body has many parts and each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body where many parts of one body and we all belong to each other you know in the healthy place of submission we think less of ourselves and we think more of Jesus we think less of our own benefit and we think more for the benefit of others we prefer them and we defer to them we have a healthy view of giving others the role and place in our lives where we're healthily accountable where we're moldable and where we're shapeable now I, I know I'm not my own keeper you know I am his and he's called me to be a man under authority in Matthew 8 we read about the centurion who says I'm a man under authority and Jesus commends him for it I'm not going to read that passage we don't have time but I'd encourage you to you find it in Matthew chapter 8 but let me just finish with a few reflections on that encounter Jesus had with that centurion because the centurion said I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority 
over my soldiers. Three real quick things as I finish. Firstly, to have authority, we have to be under authority. Let me say that again, this is really important. To have authority, we have to be under authority. There is power in healthy submission. The second one is this, the centurion said, and I have authority over my soldiers. Because he was under authority, it kept him in check and therefore he could use the authority he had wisely. He sought the welfare of those he, he led rather than to lord something over them. Healthy submission causes us to prefer others. Not just then for us as individuals, for us as a church, but this for this city. We seek its welfare by serving the leaders of the city who oversee various aspects of its governance. And the third one is this. The centurion wasn't focused on authority. He came to Jesus seeking someone's healing. If you have authority, use it wisely and keep it in check. Submit it. Use it for the best, for the welfare of others, for the advancement of them and, and of their faith. When you do that, you place it back in the hands of Jesus, ultimately into the hands of the Father, and I believe he then releases its potential and he multiplies it. I hope that's helpful for you this morning. I know it's not an easy one to consider, but we need to re reflect and be rooted and to understand submission to be healthy in our behaviours and our disciplines. Why don't we, let's just wait for a moment on the Lord. You might want to close your eyes, whatever it is, just allow yourself to be in a space where he can minister to you. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you afresh this morning. Come and speak to us, come and encourage us. I just sense now that some of you, um, this concept of submission has not been healthy. You have been um, dominated by unhealthy relationships in your life, whether that be uh, a parenting style, a, a marriage relationship, a work colleagues, employers, and this is a burden and a tension, and uh, it's a wound in your life that keeps um, flaring up. As a result, you you may have a number of thing other things that have become fruit of that root it you know around uh anger frustration self-hatred um lack of confidence i think some of you have been in dating relationships that has gosh it's just been oppressive and um i think two things one is reach out to somebody to stand with you now and pray with you Sometimes you've got to get stuff out in the light and on the table, on the chair before Jesus, but also it's just let him minister to you now, spirit of the living God, grace and peace and freedom. In a moment, just a touch of your garment can free us and heal us, and I pray that, I pray for a release this morning. 
for for some of you oh i wish i was in a room with you for moments like this some of you though i feel like there's there's almost just become a a stubbornness that has built some of it even through the pandemic there's it almost comes out as like an arrogance and a a pride it's like a self-reliance i don't quite need others i know i know my own mind better i'm it's the kind of i'm right stance and I, i just believe the lord has nudged you with that this morning and wants to soften that and actually cleanse out there's something so healthy about being led and about um, bowing the knee ultimately to Jesus but having others around us that um, would uh, have even a spiritual uh, mother and fathership over us I'm not sure if I've explained that right, but I hope you know what I mean. But I, I just believe for some of you, it's like become a built-up self-reliance that he wants to soften this morning. It, it actually, I, I believe some of you potentially puts a bit of barrier between you and Jesus by that. It's an acknowledging how in, in our weakness we find strength because it's his strength, not ours. Lord, would you minister in your grace and tenderness to us this morning? Somebody with um, uh, is like a, a constant pain in your left wrist. I don't know if it's repetitive strain, but you've had it for a number of years. And medically, there's been no uh, diagnosis to that. Can't, I can't, do you know, I can't think of the word, but there's a few things uh, around, oh gosh, I don't know, I'm not medically minded at all, it's around muscles and bone structure, I think, and they, they, they begin with S, and that's a weird thing to say, but it's sclerosis, sciatica, there's another one, someone's going to have to write it in the chat if you know what it is, or if you've have that or been diagnosed with that or somebody's is like a can you have a curve um your spine isn't straight and does it begin with s the name of that i don't know if that's the lord it's the lord if it's me having eaten too many skittles then ignore it um lord how oh, would you speak through your body we're a body there'll be people who have words of knowledge pictures impressions this morning that you're going to want to step out and share with each other within the context of small group. Don't do not do this alone. I know some of you, you're, you're doing this alone. Don't do it alone. We're a body. We're a family. The, the weight, I think some of you are just carrying a weight this morning. Don't do that alone. Say to somebody, please will you pray with me? I think the enemy sometimes wraps us up in knots to stop us doing that. Don't We don't need to do that. Pray ministers to you this morning, and we we'll leave you with some some gentle music as you, as you do that. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you again soon.